I don't have to do anything. I literally own real estate that works for me. I make money in passive income, so I don't need this job. Welcome to the No Broke Months for Real Estate Agents podcast. Working as a real estate agent can be incredibly rewarding and fulfilling, but it can also be frustrating if you aren't making the money you deserve. So if you're ready to end the stressful cycle of working hard for no results, then get started with a proven step-by-step system so that every month is no broke months. Dustin Heiner is the founder of Master Passive Income, Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, Rubcon, and Successfully Unemployed. He is a real estate investor who could make enough passive income from his business to quit his job when he was 37, with his podcast, YouTube channel, books, courses, and coaching, he now helps other people quit their jobs by investing in real estate rental properties to live their dream lives. In this live interview with Dustin, he will talk about how to create a six-figure real estate investing business from scratch. My name is Dan Roshan. I'm the host of the No Broke Months podcast, which is a show for real estate agents to help you have no broke months. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy the show. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Dan. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. And I'm definitely an investor. That's what I do is I invest in real estate. And I really enjoy real estate, but it's what it affords me to do in my life. You know, not have to work for somebody else, be successfully unemployed, go to the gym in the morning, drink my coffee, hang out on podcasts and talk to great people like you. So I really appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So tell us about how you got into investing. Yeah, so I'm definitely an investor. Like I invest in real estate, buy rental properties, long-term buy and hold. I even do Airbnb, but like buy and hold properties. And my goal is to create generational wealth that can literally and will literally give these properties to my kids. So I'll quickly jump to the end, but then I'll go right back to the beginning. So when I was 37 years old, I was blessed to be able to quit my job. What was your job at 37? I was working for the local county government in California, one of the local county governments doing IT. Like the most stable job, risk-free job. It's government, California, and technology. The most stable I could ever think of. I was uh, was able to bless be quit when I was 37 years old. I was doing what everybody else has always been told. We're always taught from the, when we first start thinking, you know, when we're babies, they start telling us, okay, here's the plan. You go to school, you get good grades, and then you get those good grades, and you go to college, you get in thousands and thousands of dollars in a debt, and you get good grades again, and you get a piece of paper. It's called a degree. You take that around to other businesses and try to get a, a quote unquote career and then retire when you're 40, you know, 40 years later, when you're 65 years old on and try to live on what you managed to save your entire life. So I'm doing that exact same thing because that's the only thing I know. And then at the same time, I've always been entrepreneurial. My dad was a, a contractor. He had his own business where he was building houses. And I thought, you know what? It'd be great if I would do that. So when I was 13 years old, I had a newspaper out. You know, you ride on a bike, you got bags of newspapers and throw them at 5 a.m. and bang them on garage doors, waking people up. So I had that, had a skateboard manufacturing business. I even had a graphic and website design company. On on top of that, I even, as I got older, I had a convenience store and a pizzeria that I started from scratch. But at the same time, I'm working that normal, I call it a job, it's an acronym, is just overbroke. So I'm working that just overbroke job. And I'm working for the local county government doing IT work. Now, here's the story of like what catapulted me, shoved me into real estate investing. So I'm regular sit down nine to five job. I bought one rental property and it started making me money in passive income. And I thought, this is great. I need to be an investor. 
Well, you know how it always gets like life gets in the way. And my wife and I started having child after child. Eventually we had four children. And when my fourth child was born, I went on paternity leave from my job. Dad stays home with the mom, changes poopy diapers and moms with the baby. All right. Exactly. So I'm off for about two weeks and then I go back to work. And in that same week that I go back to work, I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary, like the top dog on a Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon. And she says, Dustin, would you please come to the office? And I said, sure. And then I hung up the phone and I thought to myself, my goodness, why are they calling me to the office? Like, this is, this is a normal. And it's I've like you in a principal's of office. <laughs> exactly. But I've seen plenty of movies that Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon, this is, this is the time that bad things happen. And then I started remembering a couple weeks, or no, sorry, a couple months before I went on paternity leave, there were some rumors or some rumblings going on that there could potentially be layoffs in the department. I immediately shook it off. I said, there's no way. I have 10, 12 years seniority here. I get the most stable, secure job I could ever think of. So I shook it off. I get up and then I walk down the hallway to my boss's office. Now, now, and this hallway isn't very long. In fact, it's kind of short, but every single step that I take, it feels like the hallway gets longer and longer and longer. And it feels like my feet become lead bricks because the, the thought of losing my job is starting to weigh on me. Well, I get, the, uh, get through the hallway, around the corner, and I see my boss's door. His door is closed and I see a secretary there. Super sweet, nice old lady. And she's kind of sheepishly grinning at me. She says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? And she's trying to console me with her eyes because she knows everything about what's going on. I know nothing about what's going on. So I go and I take my seat. And as I'm sitting there, I start to think about my entire life, this plan that I've been told, we are all told, if I lose my job right now, does that mean my life was a waste? And then, oh my goodness, if I can't feed my family, that's how I feed my family. Yeah, you got four kids at this point. (laughs) Absolutely. A brand new baby just born. The one time you're like, man, I need to be able to feed my family, especially. And then I start thinking, my goodness, if I can't feed my family, am I a failure as as a father? Am I a failure as a husband, as a man trying to provide for his family? Well, as I'm sitting there, my hands get all clammy. My forehead gets all sweaty because the weight of everything is just crushing down on me. Well, the door of my boss's office opens up and out walks a lady with a co-worker of mine, a lady with a piece of paper in her hands. She is noticeably distraught, noticeably upset. She's not necessarily crying, but you could tell her world has just been rocked. Well, she passes by me and my boss says, Dustin, would you please come into the office? So I get up and I go into his office and I get laid off. And remember, this is the government. Nobody gets fired or laid off from the government, but I did. And so I'm telling the story so that you guys, everybody listening, can hear what I went through so you won't have to. So I took that layoff notice and I went back to my desk and I sat down. I realized two things sitting right then there, Dan. The first one was I need to get another job. I need to be able to provide for my family. So I was really, really blessed, praise the Lord, to be able to find another job in the same county, a different department wasn't having the same issues. So check, I was able to move over there. Good. Now, the second thing, and this is the big reason why I'm telling the story. The second thing I realized, sitting in that chair, working that dead-end J-O-B, I realized that I need to make sure that this never, ever happens to me again. I need to make sure that nobody has the ability to take away my ability to feed my family. So right then and there, I realized, remember, I wanted to be an investor. I knew I should be an investor, but life got in the way. So right then and there, I realized whenever anybody asks me the question, Dustin, what do you do? You know, we always get that question. Well, I would always reply, oh, I do IT work for the local county government. I'm basically projecting my value in myself as being my job. No, my value doesn't come from my job. My value comes from my God, from myself, and from my family. So right then and there, I told myself, I will never reply with that. 
but I will reply. When everybody asks me the question, I'll say, I am an investor. It may so happen that 100% of my money comes from my job. That's now my part-time job. I am a full-time investor. Fast forward the story, started buying property after property after property, each one making me $250 a month in passive income. And eventually I had 30 plus properties. And I was like, my goodness, why am I working here? So that last part of the story is I went to my new boss, great boss and all. And I said, hey boss, I'm laying you off. Like here's your two weeks notice. <laughs> and he goes, Dustin, what are you gonna do? I said, I don't have to do anything. I literally own real estate that works for me. I make money in passive income, so I don't need this job. So I, if you remember that hallway, that was short hallway got longer and longer and longer. Well, this last walk that I took away from my job, I was working in downtown, a mile and a half walk. I've done it a thousand times because I'm too cheap to pay for parking. Well, I take this last walk. I felt like I was walking on clouds because I knew I would never, ever need a job again because... Now I'm getting paid for the value that I'm worth. And everybody listening, you need to realize that your boss is not paying you what you are worth. You are worth so much more than anybody could ever pay you. And this is how you're going to know. Your boss is paying you just enough to keep you working without quitting, but not so much money that's taking money out of their pocket. So if they paid you what you're worth, they would go broke. So once I realized that and now projected out my value as being an investor, that changed my life. Now 30 plus properties, now uh, you know 40 plus hours of my life back, so much better. So I'll pause the story because you probably got plenty of questions. So, um, so you got fired or laid off from the government and then you went to another J-O-B. What was that other J-O-B? Same technology job in another county okay. department. Same county, just another mm -hmm. department. It was one of one department was having trouble, like they didn't have enough money. The other department is the sheriff's department that I moved into. They had enough money to bring me on. And then how long were you? About four years. So during that four years, uh, you purchased 30 properties or you had a few before then? I had a couple before. So I bought one and then I bought yeah. a couple more. Uh, but then it's just really just everything's kind of stopped. But in the time of working at that first job where I got laid off, I bought a couple more just little by little. But when I went to the new the sheriff's office working, doing IT work, it took me about four years to where I had enough properties to replace my income. Yeah. And with that, I was scared, though. I was like, man, this is a stable and secure job, which I know it's not because I was just laid off, but it's hard to leave that W-2. So I waited an extra two, maybe three years to eventually quit because I wanted to make sure I, I, we had four kids and we had a mortgage and food and all that sort of stuff. So I waited longer. And honestly, I wish I didn't. And the reason why is when you have 40 plus hours of your life back in your possession, how many more investments you can buy, how many more businesses you can create, how much more time with your family that you can have. Now, since I have so much time, I literally have four businesses that make me money in passive income, in active income and all that sort of stuff. Basically, I am having businesses and I hire people and I have four different companies that make me money all the time because all my value is put into what I own as opposed to somebody else. Are they all um, around real estate? Yes and no. So, well, yeah, mostly real estate. So the obviously the real estate investing, that's what I am. I'm an investor. So that's the number one where I make money in passive income, $250. That's the minimum for every single property now with 30 plus properties. That's great. Plus syndications and storage units and all that sort of stuff. Like I love real estate. The next one is another online business or a, an online business where I, as I was quitting my job, I had so many friends and family members and coworkers and people, friends from church asking me, well, Dustin, how are you quitting your job? And I said, well, I invest in real estate. I literally don't work and it, it makes me money. And like clockwork, the second question always comes, 
well, can you show me how to do it? And so I started showing friends and family, everybody one-on-one. And I realized I have plenty of time and I enjoy talking about this stuff. I enjoy seeing people's lives change. So fast forward, started Master Passive Income, the podcast, the YouTube channel, courses and coaching and blog and all that sort of stuff and books, how to quit your job with rental property book. So I realized I enjoy it and I had so much extra time. So now that's a business. Another one is a real estate wealth builders conference. It's what it's called. It's a conference where we bring together all types of investing into under one roof and we bring all of my friends. I have like I have lots of friends that are investors, expert investors that have their own podcasts and YouTube channels and all and their own students. We got us all together for one conference and we're doing it every year. But that's another business that I'm creating. There's another one called Successful Employee. That's a podcast that I have where it's just a passion project there. I'm actually interviewing great people who've already been successfully employed. But here's the thing though, Dan, I love streams of income. We always hear about streams of income. Streams sure. of income are phenomenal. Now, those streams of income though, they flow in to my river of income. My river of income is my real estate investing. That's where all the money goes back into because not just the fact that I make money in passive income every single month, but this is generational wealth. I will literally give these properties, teach my kids. I will literally give them everything so that they will be successful as well because figure if it's making me money, why would I sell it? So that's what I'm creating now is generational wealth. Hey there, it's me, Dan. Excuse me for interrupting my own show. I want to tell you about a coaching client who I have called John. And John was recently working with some buyers who they ended up writing 12 offers on 12 different homes, none of which got accepted. And that could just be frustrating. But even worse than that, those buyers ended up becoming renters because they rented a home. And guess what? They went directly to the rental They didn't even use John for his services when they've rented. If I just described an experience that maybe you can relate to, and if you're struggling right now because interest rates have risen so high and the inventory is so low right now, it's just so tough to work with buyers. And if you want to learn, instead of working with buyers, how can you take three more listings right now? I invite for you to an upcoming class that I'm hosting. It's online. It's free. You can join me at www.get three more listings.com that's get three more listings.com and i will show you the exact techniques and tactics that my students are using to be able to get three more listings every single month so that's www.get three that's the number three more listings.com and you can save yourself a seat it's free it's online and i look forward to helping you get more listings What type of properties do you own? I personally, like my bread and butter is single family homes. So residential, four units and below. So that's my bread and butter. I don't even have to think. I've coached thousands of people. I've done it myself numerous, numerous times. And so it's it's like a no-brainer for me. What I also invest in, I also love investing into multifamily, big, you know, syndications and storage units and things like that. So right now I've just got into a hotel, like a couple hotels. We um, have a syndication in one of the hotels. So I love all types of real estate investing, Airbnb as well. And so it's really, you need to, like for me, I think my bread and butter is residential, but then you could branch out because I have extra money coming in. I'm like, well, I got to park that somewhere. That's what the rich do. The rich park their money in real estate. It makes them money and creates some generational wealth. 
So for the listener and the viewer, when you say syndication, you're talking about pooling money with other investors together to buy uh, large assets. Is that correct? Correct. You need to have a large down payment to buy, like, let's say a $5 million property, $10 million property. You got to pull a lot of people's money together. And then you get a portion of that deal, portion of equity in that and portion of returns and all that sort of stuff. And then usually you exit it within three to five years and hopefully sell it for more. So you get more money on top of that. Okay. And so going, let's go back. You're the government employee and you're on a decent salary, but not an earth shattering salary. I was making $75,000 a year. And I, I in realized- California. Yes, <laughs> right? it, In California. Yes. In California. Did I get laid off in 2014? No, 13. Somewhere around 12, 13, 14. I can't remember. Okay. And then moved over to the other department. So then you want to buy your first investment property. So how did you pull together the cash from a modest salary to be able to come up to purchase your first one? And walk me through the first five if you could. Got it. I love that question. And the reason why is I bought my first property in 2006. So before, it was 2006, 2007, like into 2007. Um, and so before the crash. You wrote up the tail end of, uh, you got about maybe a 10% appreciation there somewhere along, along that well, before, before it went over. Yeah. Yes and no. I did not invest in California. And the reason, even though I lived in California, mm -hmm. I didn't invest in California because prices were so high. Rents were so low that I couldn't make money in passive income. So I literally invested in Ohio. I flew okay. to Ohio, red eye, went around the entire area, saw realtors and property managers. In fact, there's a wrong way. And what I did to start is the wrong way. Now I'll, I can definitely explain the right way and how to do it. I don't, we don't even fly like myself and my students. We don't even fly anywhere. I don't even want to check out the states that I invest in. I have experts there. They do the work. In fact, 30 plus properties that I own, I've only seen one of them. And so before I bought it, I, I saw that first one. That was literally the first one. Every single other one in all the different states and cities, I don't even care to see them. That's not, it's, it's a business now. And my business is what runs it. So I don't even have to work. That's why I like to call it an automatic business because I hire the experts on the ground. So now the first one, my wife and I had just got married and I wasn't taught to save. I was taught to not go into debt, which was good, mm -hmm. but I wasn't taught to save. My wife was. So she brought in like $15,000 into the marriage. And I said, after I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right at the same time when we got married, I said, hey, honey, can I take your $15,000 that you saved up? So I took that $15,000, bought her first property. And I can give you, the, well, actually, let me tell you the wrong way. So this is the wrong way to do it. And you'll quick, I want you to quickly forget it because I'll give you the right way to do it. This is the wrong way. But this is how I learned this wrong way. I follow those quote unquote gurus. So I was watching, it was like 20, 2005, 2006, 2 a.m., one of those late night infomercials, those real estate guys, hey, we're coming to your town, a free two hour seminar. I went to that. I said, yeah, it's free. So I went to that. I was all pumped up and they feed on you and they say, it's all hype. It's all sales pitch. And they said, now run to the back. It's normally a million dollars for this program. And it's for you, it's only $500 or $1,000. So I ran to the back. I'm like, yes, this is going to be great. Paid $1,000 for this two-day seminar. That was all another sales pitch for another $40,000 course, a $50,000 course, a $30,000. It was just sales pitch is all it was. But I realized if I, even if I had the money to pay for these courses, man, I'd rather just learn from the school hard knocks, which it definitely hurt learning through the school hard knocks. But what I did, well, this is what they told me, and I, I used this, and this is the wrong way. So they said, find a property anywhere in the country. Remember, I'm going to tell you this, but I want you to forget it because I'll give you the right way. They're going to say, find a property anywhere in the country, and then you run the numbers. Run the numbers meaning make sure your expenses are less than your rent by 50 or or $100, but you'll get appreciation. You're going to love that. Well, I'll pause this and say, 
I absolutely do not invest for appreciation. Remember, I'm going to give these properties to my kids. It's great that it's going to go up, but I'm going to give them to my kids. I invest for cash flow. So quickly getting back to that, they say, find an area of the country, find a property, run the numbers, make sure you're making 50 to $100 a month in passive income and you'll get appreciation. Then you spend thousands of dollars to buy the property, then spend even more thousands of dollars to fix up the property. Then you find a tenant and then you find a property manager. Well, in my opinion, that's literally backwards. I did exactly what they said. And with that, my property manager started stealing from me within six months because I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. It's just about backwards. And the reason why was because I didn't build the business first. Remember, that's all the wrong. I'm going to give you the right way in how I continually went from the first property and then realized when I started, like I really need to be an investor. And I started buying. I systematized it. How did you get your second? The second one came very, very quickly because I bought that first one. And then with that one making me money, then I bought the second one because I refinanced it, pulled the cash out to buy the second one. I just recycled that money over like the third and fourth and fifth. It was all recycling because I bought it for less than it's worth because I'm an investor. I don't pay market value. I try to pay it for less. I get 10 or 20% below. Well, how'd you value. find the first one for less than what it's worth? How'd you find the first one? Oh, it was actually kind of funny story. I was on eBay of all places and I saw a duplex in Ohio and I thought duplex in Ohio for $40,000, man, in California, that would be like, like $200,000. This is crazy. So I said, that looks great. But then I realized as I went over there and really analyzed everything like $40,000, that's kind of a lot. It should be like $30,000. This is back in 2006 and seven and eight. So much, much, much less. And so with that, I just kept recycling my money over and over and over again. But the, the key, though, is how you can scale the business. Now, the gurus, what they'll tell you is you buy your property and that property is your business. No, 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 no. My business owns inventory. And this is what it looks like. I'll give you a quick analogy. So you know what a convenience store is, you know, candy bars and soda machines. If you're going to start a convenience store, you're not going to sign a lease on a location, open the doors and set a box of candy bars in there on the ground. No, you go out of business in two seconds. What you would do, though, is you would build the business first. You get the gondolas, or those shelving units. You put all the candy bars on. You get the countertops, cold storage, ca uh, cash machines, bank accounts, cash registers. You're going to get insurance and employees. You're going to get all this before you buy any inventory. Same thing with real estate investing. We build the entire business first, and then we buy a piece of property. And that piece of property is our inventory that we put into our business. Because the first time I did it, I did it what the guru said. Then I realized there's got to, she started selling for me in six months, which was a huge, horrible letdown. But if I would have let that stop me, I would not be here today. But I yeah. didn't. And I realized this has been done plenty of times before. And I've always been entrepreneurial. So I took my business aspect. I said, let me try to run this like a business. And in doing that, I made it so that I have everybody in the business. I'll quickly go over. You have the right property managers, the right mortgage brokers, the right contractors, inspectors, handymen, plumbers, roofers, realtors, wholesalers. You get all these people working in your business for you. And then you buy a property and you put that into your business. All the properties that I own, reason why I've only seen one of them is because that's the one I first one I ever bought and I was too worried about it. Now I literally don't see any of them. So I don't even go to those states unless I really want to. And I don't see the properties because I hire experts. All of myself and my students, I've got thousands of students now. We don't fly anywhere anymore. And the reason why is we hire the experts. Now, uh, Zillow is not an expert. Trulia is not an expert. Redfin, like all realtor.com, those are not experts. Who are the experts? 
they are the people that literally work there on the ground day in and day out, your realtors, your property managers. So if you're going to build a business, this is what I suggest, just like any business. Business is the same. You just got to learn the process and you can apply it here. So for me in how I teach and how I do this, I look for inventory. This is the right way. I look for any city in the country that has inventory. If it's not going to have inventory, why build a business there? So the right type of homes that people either want to buy or rent. Obviously, we want to rent, but we want to make sure it has a lot of inventory. And here's my suggestion. This is a cookie cutter type home that everybody either wants to buy or rent. Three bedroom, two bath, 1,200 to 1,600 square feet. Ones that the price is low enough that the, the rent will be high enough to where I make $250 a month in passive income after on top of all the expenses. Then we make sure we have enough inventory in the property. How much are you putting this, down to make that happen? It depends on every single deal. I try to put no money in the deal. Yeah. So mm -hmm. none of my own money. That would be private money lenders. That would be hard money lenders. That would be a home equity line of credit. That'd be um, using a signature loan, which I've done. I've even used a credit card to buy properties. Now, it's definitely an advanced strategy. And the reason why, let me give you another tiny analogy. If you know, without a shadow of a doubt, you can sell a candy bar for $1, but it costs you 50 cents to buy that candy bar, you would do that all day. If Absolutely. you did not have that 50 cents to buy that candy bar and you needed to borrow that 50 cents, but it costs you 25 cents. So you're out 75 cents for that candy bar. You would still do that because you'll make 25 cents on every single candy bar. And you would try to figure, how do I get more money? Because I just have so many candy bars to sell. Same thing with real estate investing. When you create a business that pays for all the expenses and then you make a minimum of $250 a month in passive income on top of that, that is how you, how I and we feed our family. And here's a great thing, Dan, you'll appreciate this. I think you'll definitely know this. So I don't pay my taxes on any of my properties. I don't pay my mortgage. I don't pay my property manager. I'll pay my insurance. I don't pay for repairs. I don't pay for any of that. The reason why is my tenants pay for that. Now the money goes into me and out through all the bills, but I don't have to get a job to pay for my property manager because that's one question I always get. Well, Dustin, how do you afford a property manager? I'm like, I don't. I don't buy a property unless it can be managed by somebody else and that expense is fixed in there. And on top of that, I make $250 or more in passive income. And with so, that, I make passive income. That's the minimum. Some are four, five, six hundred dollars $600 a month. I recently wrote the book, Real Estate Evolution. The 10-Step Guide to CPI, Consistent and Predictable Income for Real Estate Agents. I wrote this book because I have sold real estate since 2007 and developed an immense amount of experience and knowledge. During my journey, I have witnessed hundreds and maybe even thousands of real estate agents fail in this business, and I firmly believe that that's a shame. In Real Estate Evolution, I will show you the exact steps that I have used as a real estate salesperson to sell one to 15 homes every single month for the past 129 consecutive months. It took me more than two decades to learn the sales and persuasion techniques and more than one decade to master the real estate sales techniques to be able to produce the content that makes up this book. And it took me more than a year to write at a pace of three hours every single day. If you're a real estate agent and you're looking for consistent and predictable income in your business, I invite you to get the book, Real Estate Evolution. And you can get that by visiting 
therealestateevolution.com. And I'll even give it to you for free as long as you pay for the postage. So you have basically for your business, uh, now I know you have thousands of people that you're coaching as well, which would probably imply that you have uh, more than just three locations where you could invest, right? But you would have to have um, three, basically three subsections of your business to be able to um, be, to have the local um, wholesalers, the local real estate agents, the local contractors, property managers, et cetera. And so did you develop that one at a time? Was it done simultaneously? T- talk to us about that real quick. Yeah, totally. That's a, that's, it's a scaling question, which sure. you're 100% right. So a lot of my students will ask me, well, Dustin, when do I know I should move on from a city? Like I buy five, 10, 15, however many properties. And I always tell them, it's really your own risk tolerance. Like all your eggs in one basket, how many eggs do you feel comfortable in one basket? So yeah. what we do, and I'll give you actually how you actually do one-on-one coaching. What I tell my students is we find two cities anywhere in the country at maybe two different states, but far enough apart. Two different economies. Exactly. Yeah, okay. And what we're doing is we're analyzing the business aspect. What's the inventory like? What are the tenants like? What are the rents like? Can we actually build a business here? And so with that, we look at two different ones. So it's comparing apples to apples. Can we find the right property managers? That's, oh, let me say this. Your quarterback of your team, of your business, is your property manager. How do you find them then? That's a great question. Do you find you find the property managers by interviewing them. There's lots of actual ways to like physically get their phone numbers. I'll yeah. give you a few. Obviously, Yelp and, but, yeah, and yeah, Google gotcha. do a quick search. But here's a couple of key ones. Uh, key ones like like people wouldn't think about. If you go on a Craigslist and you look up listing for rental homes and you see the same phone number on every yeah. single like that's that, say right five there. listings, yeah. that's probably a property manager. But here's mm-hmm. the key though. Your quarterback of your team is your property manager. Now, if you follow those gurus and you did everything, like I said, it's just about backwards, where the last thing you do is find a property manager. Let's say you did everything, spent thousands of dollars, got everything done, and you say, hey, property manager, here's my property. It's number one Happy Street. Would you manage it? And they, God forbid it, they say, man, I'm not going to manage it. I'll get shot going there. There's no way. Well, you no longer have an asset that makes you money. You have a liability. So get your quarterback first. 100%. 100%. A lot of yeah. students, they say, hey, Dustin, I found two cities. And like I, I, told, I just told you, you had good inventory. I've already got five realtors sending me deals in both cities. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop, stop, stop. Realtors are the last step. Like buying inventory is the last step. You have to have an infrastructure. Just like any business, you need to be able to fulfill. You need infrastructure in that business first. And so do you have the right property manager? And finding is one. But the bigger thing is finding the right one and interviewing them. Just like if you start a convenience store and somebody's walking down the street and you grab them and you say, hey, you got a pulse. Come on in here, manage my property or manage my company, manage my money, manage my customers, manage my inventory, manage my uh, uh, employees. You wouldn't do that. You would interview. Same thing with your property managers, because I'll be completely honest. Property managers are a dime a dozen. In fact, anybody could put on a hat and say, yes, I'm a property manager. But the good ones. They are the ones that stick around. Your quarterback goes and finds the contractors and, and all the other components, the wholesalers, the bird dogs, the everything else. Mostly. Yeah. So okay. what I, I like to have backups because prop you'll appreciate this, Dan. Nobody cares about your money more than you. Now you hire property managers to hope that they're going to take care of your money really, really yeah. well, but nobody's going to care about it more than you. So what I do is I find the right property manager. Usually they have their own teams. Not teams to find you like like find your properties like wholesalers, yeah. 
but they will have contractors, maybe some handymen, you know, plumbers. They'll have that in their Rolodex so they can start doing that on their fixing up your properties. But what I like to do, because I'm an investor, if they say, hey, Dustin, we got one quote for this price. I'm like, wow, okay, you got one quote. Give me at least two or three more quotes. If it's over $1,000, here's another business process that I would give because I love with a business, we create systems and processes and procedures. With that a process would be, if it's over $1,000 for a repair, give me at least three quotes. That's like the minimum, not just for price. Price is always good, but that's three different sets of eyeballs looking at a problem to figure out what the fix is and the solution Making sure is. the problem is a problem. 100%, because I kid you not, just about every single time a furnace has an issue in one of my properties, a furnace guy goes in there, oh, just replace it. I'm like, really? Can't you just repair it? Well, I have a guy who actually errs on the side of repairing, but literally every single new company, I'll just replace it. That's literally what they say. So yes, we need new eyeballs looking at the problem. Cool. Dustin, you have a course that you share with uh, uh, on your website for free. Is that correct? I sure do. Tell us more about that. How can I get it? How can I get access to your course? I want to check it out. I would love to give you and everybody listening a free course, like literally walking you through step-by-step everything I just shared. And if you text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, rental to 33777, rental to 33777, I'll literally give it to you. You can even go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course, all one word, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. I'll give it to you, show you how to find an area of the country and invest, how to build the business, how to find the right property managers, the questions to ask, and how to scale your business to be able to quit your job. And if you hear this, $250 a month in one property in passive income, that is 30, sorry, that's $3,000 a year because of $250 a month. 10 properties is $2,500 a month. That's $30,000 a year. 20 properties is $5,000 a month. That's $60,000 a year. I know most of us can become successful and employed with $5,000 a month. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dustin, thank you so much. Masterpassiveincome.com or text rental to 33777. Absolutely. And so I also have my own solo show. It's called Master Passive Income Podcast, where it's literally just me teaching how to do this real estate investing. I just want to give this out as many people as possible. Same thing on YouTube as well. Instagram, the Dustin Heiner. I'm not that arrogant. That's the only one I could find, you know, the only handle. So the Dustin Heiner on Instagram. But I love just to see people's lives change because my life's changed. I'm just like your next door neighbor. Said, hey, this is what I figured out. Let me help you out. I before E, but not after C does not work with Heiner. (laughs) It sure does not. H-E-I-N-E-R. So Dustin Heiner. Thank you, Dustin. Appreciate you. God bless you. And I appreciate uh, everything that you shared with us today. Thanks, Dan. Thanks so much for listening to the No Broke Months podcast today. Until the next show, I invite for you to be grateful, make good choices, help someone, have the best day of your life, and go find a listing. I'm very excited about uh, the conversation we're about to have. I want to introduce you to Dan Roshan, who is the owner and co-founder of uh, Greetings Virginia. I am so excited to introduce my next guest. Dan Roshan reads, he writes, he does improv. A frequent speaker and often quoted about the real estate market. I'm going to bring on a guy that is a winner. We had some really cool conversations before going live with this show. We have Dan Roshan. So I'm going to encourage for you to think big. I'm going to encourage you to think big and then multiply it by two and then take huge action because whatever you want, you're only five years away from that.